0: to see your faces. And for those of you online, I can imagine your faces. Thank you for joining us. And uh, whether you're staring at your phone or at a screen, it's good to have you with us. It is a new year. Happy new year, by the way, 2022. That's a pretty incredible thing to say, 2022. God, as we reflect On this first day of a new year, be our teacher. We come because Jesus has made all this possible. Amen. What to say on the first day of a brand new year? I'm reading through the book of John. I'm Reading probably isn't the right word. I'm going very slow through the book of John. And I happen to be at chapter 11. The story of the resurrection of Lazarus. And these words caught my attention. You'll see a, a kind of my rendition of them in the title. 2021 has been a tough year. Was a tough year. 2020, a tough year. What will 2022 hold? Or I suppose, what does 2022 hold since now we're here? Today, I want to offer you a paradigm through which to enter in and live this new year. Today's message is not going to give you a formula for perfect outcomes. You know, when we talk about the future, sometimes we want, in fact, not sometimes, but generally, we want predictability, right? We want good outcomes. After all, the story of Lazarus was a story wanting good outcomes, In the Christian tradition, there's a a theological paradigm that um, we call prosperity gospel. And it's this idea that if you apply the right faith formula, your life is going to be off the charts good. As I thought about preparing for today's message about this idea of the resurrection of Lazarus, I asked myself the question, how do I talk about the story without teaching a prosperity gospel? That's one ditch that one can fall into in the story of Lazarus. If you have the faith, you'll see miracles and resurrections. But we know John the Baptist didn't make it out of prison alive, and Jesus said there was no greater prophet. So, prosperity in the biblical sense must be bigger than miracles or the miracles we pray for and hope for. Certainty. Sometimes the certain things in life are not the certain things. We want. I was listening to a couple of podcasts, interestingly, this week, not planned on topic. One was about uh, an, an interview with a pastor theologian who had written a book fairly recently, talking about the humanity of Jesus interwoven with his own story of chronic pain. How do you relate to life when the resolution you hope and long for doesn't come? Another podcast I was listening to was, about, was, was a, another author, a woman who had been diagnosed with stage four cancer. She was, at the time of the interview, currently a survivor, but with chronic illness. Her book, was about the fact that we can't escape being human. What happens? Where is God when things don't iron out the way we hope? Today's message isn't going to be a great exposition on the problem of suffering. It's going to offer you a framework in which... To be present with hope in suffering. Because unfortunately or maybe fortunately. By the time we get to the end of today's teaching. There's a way to live in the middle of chronic. With hope. And in 2020, 2021. We have been experiencing chronic We have been experiencing things that don't get resolved the way we hope. And I'm including in that, perhaps, depression. I'm including in that relationships that have not yet mended in spite of best efforts. Including in that people who did not recover from illness. Including in that... Financial situations that have not worked out yet, including in that cancer that's returned. And today's teaching is about looking those things in the face through a different lens. We're going to get into the story of John 11 and then jump to Pastor Paul And catch his perspective. This idea actually shows up in scripture quite often. We're just looking at two pieces. Two places. Two two individuals. uh, Or two stories. One Paul's uh, briefly. uh, But the first. John 11. I don't want you to follow along in the text of scripture. If you've opened your Bible. Please close it. Just for this part. I have reorganized the first few verses. In John 11. With strategic strategic purpose. So close your bibles, follow the screen for this first part. It's an important order. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and Martha, her sister Lazarus, excuse me, her sister Martha. Therefore the sisters sent to him saying, "Lord, behold he whom you love." is sick. How many of you have prayed a prayer like this? God, you know the mortgage is coming due and there's not enough money in my bank account to pay the mortgage. God, my marriage is falling apart and I don't know how to put it back together. God, I've got a cancer diagnosis and I need healing. My mother is sick. Please heal her. I hate feeling depressed all the time. Please, please bring relief. Mary and Martha send this this prayer to Jesus. Some messenger takes it. It's an urgent telegram. Jesus, come. Brother is dying. Here is this response. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed. Have you ever been in that place where you pray that important prayer about something that matters a lot? And you meet? Silence. What happens when life's problems don't run into miracles? What happens when resolution doesn't come? What happens when God stays? John 11 verse 5, now Jesus, what does the text say? Now Jesus loved. The first piece this morning that I want you to hold in your hearts is this idea, Jesus loved. When you pray those heart wrenching prayers, you cry out for resolution, and God stays away, figuratively. I want you to remember first this reality that His unfailing love in that moment has not changed. For you, chronic pain, chronic suffering, unresolved conflict you name it in your life is not an evidence at any level that you are unloved or forgotten. A pandemic that hasn't wound up yet, that still leaves us wondering what the best steps are. Visiting, vaccines, masks, you name it. That still causes tension in relationships. You are the beloved child of God whether or not the miracle comes. You are the beloved child of God whether or not the marriage gets back together or the cancer returns. Let's continue the story this morning. When Jesus heard that, we're skipping back. I told you I reorganized this a little bit. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus gets the request and then he stays. knowing Lazarus is dying. Knowing that Lazarus' condition is terminal and knowing that Mary and Martha are living in the moment of a terminal illness. Jesus sees beyond the present circumstances. Mary and Martha do not. It's important for us to, to recognize today that part of living with chronic is that we live in the chronic. We don't see around the corners of our story. We don't see around the corner of COVID. We want the certainty. We want the, by the way, in the secular world, it's called the power of positive thinking. We want the formula that every time you put the numbers in a row, the words in a row, the mantras in order, you get a certain outcome. In the Christian world, they call it the prosperity gospel. The biblical story reveals that sometimes we get to live, in fact, I would say more often than not, we get to live in the uncertainty of now when resolution and what resolution looks like are unknown factors. Mary and Martha lived through the death of a dying brother. Mary and Martha accompanied their dying brother, I'm sorry, accompanied the body of their dead brother to the tomb. Jesus has heard their request. He loves them and he stayed away. And he knows the dark valley that his absence will involve. Mary and Martha mourned as anyone who loves another and loses them mourns. It's a pretty big deal for Mary and Martha to lose a brother too. They're single women in a male-dominant Society. It's not just losing a loved one. It's losing financial support. It's losing status. This is a complex loss, as any loss is. Martha, Mary said almost these exact words. Here is Martha's rendition Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Have you ever been there? God, if you had just answered that prayer, there would not have been a car accident. And Uncle Bob would not be a paraplegic. God, if you had just been there, my son would not have committed suicide. God, if you had just been there and answered my prayer when I, when I called out to you, we wouldn't be in divorce court. God, if you had just been there, my child would still be in the church. God, if you had just been there, we wouldn't have this pandemic, you name it. These are the prayers of the moment, living with suffering, living in sometimes the chronic nature of unresolution. I don't know if that's a word. And I wanted you to know something. First, God loves you. Number two, those prayers are okay to pray. God, if you had been here. Psalms is full of them. Jesus does not scold Mary or Martha for expressing their struggle and disappointment. He challenges it, but he doesn't scold them. We're going to find when we go to Paul and Corinthians that the same thing is true. Paul complains, well, you'll see it, I won't spoil that. Your expression of heartache and disappointment in the chronic, in the unresolved, Is embraced and welcomed by God. The story continues. We're skipping a few verses. Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there's a stench, for he's been dead four days. Don't do it, Lord. It stinks. And then the last of our verses from Lazarus' story. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? We're going to take this two ways. One metaphorically, one literally. Here Jesus was referring to the soon-to-happen resurrection. There's a miracle going to happen. It is an unprecedented miracle, sort of. There have been other resurrections in the biblical story, even in the life of Jesus before this. But this resurrection is in the spotlight. Within weeks, in fact. It's in the same year, in the winter time frame, sometime between the winter feast of Hanukkah And the Passover in the spring. When Lazarus is resurrected. And you know the story. Jesus calls him out. And he comes out. And they unwind him. And there is Lazarus in perfect health. Sometimes. We do get miracle answers. But this morning. That's not the paradigm I'm giving you. Because. Because. We've got to watch with the miracle answer that we don't start stepping into the territory of prosperity gospel. Because miracle answers don't always come. Again, John the Baptist, he doesn't get a miracle deliverance. Peter walks out of prison, but John the Baptist doesn't. So we need to let the story of Scripture Help us understand how to live in the chronic, the unresolved, knowing God loves us, knowing that God hears us, and understanding how to live in this place with hope. So the metaphoric understanding is where we're going this morning. Glory is character. Sometimes we can only see the beauty of God through the gateway of darkness. That's the paradigm, the framework I want you to live with in 2022. That's what they want you to take with you into the unanswered prayers, the unmended relationships, the unhealed illness, the chronic back pain, the depression that won't rel- that that just won't give up. That Here it is. So I'm going to give you two things. First of all, this one you cannot know the power and wonder of resurrection unless someone dies. Would have been wonderful to have, to have Lazarus made well, right? Wonderful to avoid those days of grief, holding brother as he dies, to avoid that. Walked to the cemetery. But there would be no resurrection story. Of Lazarus in scripture. If he hadn't died. Here's the next. This is the reframe we're shifting to this morning. You cannot know Jesus. And I would say. With uniqueness and depth. Unless. Unless. And you name your unresolved situation. You name your, your unanswered prayer and recognize that the framework we're looking this, at this morning is a framework that allows us to see God showing up through the dark valleys. Not in spite of them, but through them. The resurrection for us that comes through the dark valley may not be the miracle of the resolved relationship or the healing of cancer. It may be a window into the heart of God. That's the framework in which you and I can live with hope. That the unresolved becomes a pathway and a journey into the glory and wonder of God. And that's the place that Paul takes us in 2 Corinthians 12. Lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. You can hear echoes of Mary and Martha's message to Jesus. Lord, our brother is sick. Here is Paul's version. God, this thing is really bothering me. It's causing me a lot of heartache, a lot of trouble, a lot of frustration. Here's the answer that comes to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul does not get a resurrection answer. Paul does not get relief. Paul's circumstance is chronic. But the insights gained through this chronic suffering are inaccessible if the chronic suffering is resolved. That's a hard one. That's why this is not a story about easy answers to the problem of suffering. This is how do we inhabit the space of suffering when there aren't easy answers. How do we inhabit the place of chronic when there isn't a resurrection, at least right around the corner? Let's continue with Paul. Therefore, most gladly will I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Chronic is a gateway to glory in a unique sense. In this human journey, somehow there are some things that can only be known in the presence of unresolution. Sometimes there are things that can only be known about God. When God seems to stay away. In fact, here are Jesus' words. John 17. This is eternal life. A miracle resurrection. This is eternal life. A bank account that never gets close to zero. This is eternal life, a marriage that doesn't crash and burn on the rocks. This is eternal life. Children who never do stupid things and you name it, this is eternal life. No more depression. But if you know the text, you'll know I'm lying to you. Because Jesus doesn't say that's what eternal life is. He doesn't say eternal life is resolution to chronic resolution or relief from suffering. He says this is eternal life that they may know you. See, you and I need to reframe our understanding of what really is of value. Now I want you to keep in mind a couple of things. One is God isn't in the business of tormenting you or me. Don't get the impression that God is around saying, boy, you know, you'll see me better if I just smack you this way or if I just send you down that dark valley. That's not it. God is taking the mess that is life and turning it for Glory. Number 2, you and I are not called to be masochists. God, I just want to suffer. You and I don't need to celebrate being in the darkness of chronic of suffering. Mary and Martha didn't celebrate it. Lord, if you had been here, this wouldn't be happening. They lived in the pain. They told God about the pain. They didn't embrace or talk away the pain. They they were in that moment. Paul, God, please take this away. This isn't, don't stop asking for relief. No, this is a bigger frame that says, okay, pray for relief while you also embrace that maybe... God's doing something bigger. And that bigger is that you and I might know him uniquely. Here's Paul and Philippians on the same topic. What things were gained to me, these I have counted for loss, loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellency of the what? For Paul, he recognized that loss was a doorway into knowledge, glory, understanding God in ways that could not be accessed through any other avenue. He continues, For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Notice here that Paul puts together hand in hand unresolved suffering and the knowing of God and his resurrection power. Put those together that God's resurrection power can show up in your life in the midst of unresolved chronic. The fact that you don't get resolution doesn't mean resurrection power isn't showing up. For John the Baptist, who did not get released from prison, resurrection power showed up for him. It just didn't show up as a key out of prison. And then here is Paul continuing and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Listen, there is long-term, long game, total resolution. And we're going to get to that at the end. But you and I need to learn to live in this space of recognizing that God is about bigger things than immediate resolution. Now, again... Sometimes there are miracles. God does want the cancer healed, the marriage restored. God wants those things. So don't mistake the idea of chronic with the fact that God just wants you to be in chronic. He wants resolution, but he also sees the bigger picture. But the fact that God sees the bigger picture doesn't mean that I don't live in this valley. It doesn't mean that I can see around the bend. But valleys are the gateways to vistas. The dark valley comes before the mountaintop. The things we see can only be seen sometimes through the chronic the unresolved your unresolved circumstances are an opportunity and I want you to take that last half of the sentence even while they continue to be a pain this is not about you and I again being masochists and just celebrating that we're hurting The pain and the opportunity can exist simultaneously. Your back still hurts. But the opportunity for encountering glory also inhabit the same space. I'm talking about someone who has chronic back pain. You put whatever that pain is in your life and here's the second sentence. Resolution isn't the ultimate objective knowing God intimately is. That's the frame I want you to take into 2022 Because I don't know what resolution for COVID looks like. We don't know what's around the next corner. We want predictability. We want certainty. But the text doesn't give us that kind of certainty. The certainty it gives us is that through our tough times, we have the opportunity to access glory. That the resurrection power of Christ shows up in different ways at different times. Sometimes it's Lazarus walking out of the tomb. Sometimes it's John the Baptist dying with the peace of a previously unexperienced sense of God's presence. Sometimes it's sitting in the den of the lions with mouths shut. Sometimes it's, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We're going to go back to 2 Corinthians because I want you to see this and we're getting close to wrapping up. These are the words Eugene Peterson used in his beautiful translation of 2 Corinthians 12. I want you to hear it with his words. Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think it was a gift and begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now, I take limitation in stride and with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. I love the language Eugene uses or or used When he said. I didn't see it as a gift. And then Paul transitions. But then I saw this was a gift. When he recognized. How God showed up. In the chronic. In the unresolved. Frame for 2022. Here it is again. And then we're going to end with a couple of verses on certainty you your unresolved circumstances are an opportunity even while they continue to be a pain resolution isn't the ultimate objective knowing god intimately is how does that reframe what you're dealing with right now and then i want to leave you with this these few passages of certainty I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He will dwell with them. They shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. See, see this text helps us bridge between the 2022 paradigm and the ultimate future. Because how we relate to chronic is what helps us meet God deeply. And eternity future is about Being in the presence of that God we've come to know through the dark valleys. And then these words. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. The chronic, the unresolved, it's part of life. But it's also a temporary Part of life. There isn't a positive, a power of positive thinking resolution for the time now. There isn't a, 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 a get rich quick theology for now. But the long game is there is certain resolution. And that journey includes the gateways of chronic through which we see God with the hope of seeing him in person and finding the certainty of tears wiped away, of death destroyed, of pain eliminated. There is an end to chronic. It may not be now, but it is certain. And one more text In the middle of its street on either side of the river was the tree of life which bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Listen, you and I may not have the privilege of resurrection miracles like Lazarus. But we have the privilege of the miracle of God showing up Profoundly and uniquely in the unresolved, in the chronic. To connect our hearts with the wonder of his character, of his person, of his fellowship. Anticipating a time when the chronic will be no more, when the pain will be no more. 2022 is a place to inhabit both the pain and the opportunity in the certain hope of resolution. In fact, our closing hymn today is we have this hope, a fitting piece to wrap up with. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more content or to connect with us, visit us online at brunswickadventist.church.